0: What's a cacophony, anyway? It's basically the sound version of this book.
1: Yeah, just a bunch of loud, shitty noises that don't mean anything. <laughs> Baba,
0: boy. Baba, boy. Baba boy. Welcome to Divisive Issues, a comic book podcast where we talk about comic books that are usually not great. Right, guys? Like the one we're doing today. Like the one we're doing today. What are we doing today? Batman cacophony. By Kevin Smith and Walt Flanagan. More like Batman cock fanny, am I right? They
1: wrote the book, but who are we?
0: <laughs> Wait, what?
1: We didn't introduce oh. ourselves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ryan Lynch. I'm Psycho.
1: and I'm Phil Mavricis.
0: And we're divisive issues, a comic book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're doing Kevin Smith's Batman book, a mm. dream book for him. His first Batman book. We will do a second one later on. Probably next week. Yes.
1: So you said this was a dream book for him?
0: Yeah. If you don't know Kevin Smith, he's that guy from Comic Book Men. He made Clerks and Dogma and Chasing Amy. He also wrote Guardian Devil in a previous episode we did. And Which one what I considered the worst comic you ever read? Not the worst. The one I hate the most.
2: And this book is worse.
0: Yeah, I hate this book a lot more, so I stand corrected. Yeah. But he, if you don't know Kevin Smith, one thing to know is he's a huge Batman fan. He has a batman podcast called fat man on batman
1: his daughter is named harley quinn
0: oh i forgot about that yeah, yeah. i looked
1: that up after
0: yeah he loves batman and i've actually listened to his podcast a couple of times and like i like him a lot as a personality but most of the time his writing does not do it for me
1: this book is an it, it, he said it was a dream project but really it's a nightmare for everyone yeah
2: yeah So we we talked about Ryan and my experience with uh, Kevin Smith and how we don't like even his movies. Phil, what's your experience with Kevin Smith? Very
1: limited. I
0: actually haven't seen any of his movies. I haven't either. (laughs) I think
1: I saw Clerks um, my freshman year of college, but I barely remember it. I think I saw maybe half of it, and so I have really I went into this knowing his name but not actually having read or seen much of his work.
2: And you also were drunk while you saw it too, right? Probably, yeah. That's the, that's the best way to <laughs> watch or read Kevin Smith.
0: Freshman year, Phil is always drunk. Yep. So uh, in the intro that I mentioned before, Kevin Smith writes it, and he basically talks about the backstory of how this book came to be. And I do just want to make one point. So he called the DC editor-in-chief of the time, Dan DiDio, and said, I want to write a Batman book, and I want my longtime friend Walt to draw it. Who, and Walt is... Comic book store owner? Yeah, he introduced him to comic books, introduced Kevin Smith. So he was like, this is like a dream project for me. Like, it's so cool to work on this character that my friend helped me fall in love with. And his intro, I was like, this is a cool story. Better than what he actually writes. Yeah. Most of Kevin Smith's stuff, his interviews are actually pretty fun and engaging. His actual stories are shit.
1: Sly, they found you. (laughs) Run!
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... The thing that I actually found really funny about the intro in retrospect was he says, he basically apologizes for like the nepotism and he's like, I know it's kind of shitty that like he only got this job because he was my friend and like he didn't have to like, you know, send in a portfolio or anything. And he just got the job as artist because I wanted him to be artist because of my personal connection with him. And like, I promise he's great. And it's actually really funny because I thought the art was a lot better than the writing and I, I felt like Kevin Smith is apologizing for the wrong thing here.
2: <laughs> but uh, speaking of which, uh, the art is better than the writing. But... Well, but
1: that's like saying, I mean, I could draw better art than the writing. I, I mean, yeah. this this is the, it's a very low low bar to, to jump over, you know?
2: I, I don't, like, Phyllis uh, hates the art more than I do, but I do find it gets, the faces get really awkward at times. Like, it's not like
0: uh, someone I would recommend read just for the art. I guess no. maybe I was, like, I set the bar really low, because in the intro, it sounded like he just got the job because Kevin Smith wanted him to, and not that he had, like, any merits. Yeah, he has drawing like, skill.
2: You when I opened
0: some... it, I was like, this wouldn't really stand out to me as, like, a guy that doesn't draw comics for a living. Like, no. it sure. looks like comic book art.
1: It does. And, and I, I
0: actually I, I, I actually like it.
1: I don't want to say, I, I don't hate the art here. I, I mean, I, I just think it's not the best. But it's, you know, for the book, it's the best part of it, so... Yeah, that's, part of a shitty that's
0: book. Sure. Yeah. So, as uh, as we saw in the past couple episodes, Phil has really pointed out when nothing happens in a book. So, Phil, what's this book about?
1: Uh, well, let's see. It's about nothing. Nothing happens. <laughs> this book has no point. And as I've said in the past, um, it's a pretty bad sign when a work of fiction has no plots, like no plot summary. We can't. What is this book about? Uh, the Joker gets out of Arkham and then starts a gang war. Um, and then it ends with nothing really mattering, just like everything else we've read so far. So yeah. I I think, and I don't want to say that, that books without really moving plots um, are bad necessarily because they can have other but aspects. But these they are. Well, you can have a book that doesn't have a big plot but is a lot about the character interaction, character development. Yeah, it could be
0: a character piece and not necessarily like a grandiose epic. It could yeah. just be but like... When we talk about a
2: book being about nothing, I feel like... When We're talking about something like that. I feel like we're talking about something that feels like you wa- waste your time like there's nothing of value gained by reading it. Like not even character yeah. insight or anything. and That's what we're really talking about, not just a lack of plot.
1: Right. So it is it is it is the whole package. There's no plot, there's no character insight, there's no uh message really gained from reading this. It's it's just a pile of trash. But do you know what yeah.
0: bothers me? It acts like it has something to say. It does. It Especially does. at the end.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll get uh, into that. Yes, we'll so, get into
0: that. So, who would you recommend this to before we spoil it?
1: Target audience
2: section.
0: Um... I would recommend it to Kevin Smith fans, because if you like Kevin Smith, you probably have very low standards anyway, so <laughs> you might as well. I feel like if I hate this book, most people probably really have to hate this book, because he uses a very... Kevin Smith to...
2: fans watched a movie about a, 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 a guy from... Oh, the are Mac you going to
0: complain about Tusk again? Yes, I am.
2: He made a movie <laughs> about a fucking Matt guy being turned to a walrus, so they'll watch anything. <laughs> Don't read anything, Ryan. Well, But The
0: thing is, like, I love Kevin Smith's Green Arrow run, and he takes a character from his run and puts it in this. And, yeah, he's not a great character from his run. But, like, I thought, like, when he showed up, I was like, oh, is this going to, like, maybe touch on similar themes or be at all related to his, to his Green Arrow run? And it super isn't. So I don't know who should read this book.
1: I don't think anyone should. I think if you want to read a shitty Batman story, but who wants to do that? there's other
0: we've talked about way more fun shitty batman stories on this show yeah go read
2: batman Odyssey if you want to be a bit shitty batman story
0: if you're if you're a sucker for anything that like talks about the batman joker relationship then like this talks about it it's a thing that talks about it
1: only at the end but that's it like if you if you love that if you're like obsessed if you like if you ship it if you ship batman joker (laughs) this this book That's
0: one other thing that we're definitely going to get into when we go into this book, but this is also very sexual.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one... Well, like most Kevin Smith stuff, like... Yeah. He's got the mind of a 13-year-old. We talk about Mark Millar being the shithead edge lord. Kevin Smith (laughs) is...
0: But the, uh, what, like... So he talks a lot about, like, the sexual relationship between Batman and the Joker and how, like, the Joker's, like, a much more sexual being than other writers talk about. Other better writers have talked about that. But I'm going to save my point about that until our recommendations part. Okay. So, okay. Who wants to start this fucking thing? I guess I will. Yes, please do. So, story opens up with Arkham Asylum.
1: Uh, and... <laughs> Sly, your Uber's there.
0: I'm sorry, that wouldn't be... <laughs> Arkham Asylum, hawk <Honk. laughs> I'm
2: sorry, my... I'm I'm no, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, it's so good. good. It's good. All right, so uh, so the famous example of Arkham Asylum and Deadshot, a Batman villain who is good at shooting people, uh, is breaking into Arkham.
0: He's gonna be played by Will Smith in the Suicide Squad movie.
1: Yeah, it's important to note that the first like three four pages of this intro are just. Talk about the 2008 economic depression. And like he lays it on so thick where he's like the dirty CEOs took money from Arkham so they could pad their pockets. Security guards are living on unemployment. Then that ran out. And now what do they have to do? They sell Arkham secrets because they're poor and trying to survive.
0: This is the kind of thing that works better when he writes Green Arrow because Green Arrow is a really heavy handed over the top like liberal complainer. And that makes him fun when it's just a narration box from a character we haven't been introduced to yet. Is it even a character? Is it no, just an, and I the know. problem
1: is, if if this book was about economic inequality, yeah, that's a good intro. It has nothing to do with this story at all. It is yeah. completely unrelated. They just wanted to throw in, hey, 2008 depression was bad and CEOs suck. Um, it's trying it to paint the world
2: using this weird framing device, but it doesn't tie into anything at all. Like it's, yeah. tr- it's trying to pay Arkham as like this dismal place, but like you're doing it in a way that doesn't factor into anything else. So yeah. what's the point of it? Uh, but I no,
0: noticed... it, it totally factors in because the Joker's reading Ayn Rand. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. And apparently
2: Deadshot's a big fan of it as he remarks when he when he breaks in and meets the Joker. And
0: uh, Do you guys know why he's reading Fountainhead?
2: No. Because he's evil? I
0: guess. <laughs> is or, that what Kevin Smith is saying? That, like, all Randian existentialists
1: are evil? Uh, like, the fact that the Joker's interested in it might signify that, not just that he's evil, but... Uh,
0: Name uh, one piece of dialogue or behavior that he d- <laughs> demonstrates in this book that has anything to do with Randian's philosophy. It would yeah. actually
2: make more sense if uh, Maxi Zeus is reading the file with the effect, considering what his character is
1: like later on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, he throws... Uh, Joker throws away the fountain head and that's that's basically Kevin Smith saying I'm done with that device Bye. No but it comes
0: back at the end Yeah he finishes oh, yeah. reading it later on What if what if Ayn Rand's estate actually like did product placement and paid Kevin Smith <laughs> to put this in his book <laughs> yeah.
2: What if what if Kevin Smith just hates Ayn Rand after dealing with uh, some Hollywood CEO giving him
1: bullshit about it <laughs> that's what i'm pretty sure happened he just wanted to include a jab so he's like the joker reads ayn rand fuck you and then just <laughs> <laughs> moves on
0: i love this idea that just kevin smith is just petty from some rich guy <laughs> yeah
1: and that's what the intro is for too you, you cocksucker CEOs taking all the money the <laughs> workers are screwed guess what all right batman time and just <laughs> ignores it
2: but yeah so i uh, death shot break uh, uh breaks into arkham meets the joker and it turns out that while Joker wasn't wasn't Arkham, uh, Maxi Zeus, who is a lame, campy villain that he was big act- in the cartoon. Yeah, he sucked in the cartoon too. He just sucks in general. Wait, you missed the Zeus- fact
1: that he he didn't get broken out by Deadshot. He gets broken out by the other villain of the. Story. I know, but, but
0: Deadshot th- exposition dumps this first. Yeah, he he exposition uh. dumps that uh, Maxi Zeus stole the jokers uh okay he took joker gas joker venom and turned it into a he diluted it so it doesn't kill people anymore it just gets them really high and he calls it chuckles and he calls it chuckles and it does actually kill you but not like at the rate that joker venom does it's like a regular drug that will kill you if you do too much of it and it killed some kid and the parents hired deadshot to go kill joker instead of maxi zeus which makes no sense
2: and while Matt, while Deadshot explains the Joker before he kills his He Joker.
0: also uh throws shade at him because he's like, you know, you're an idiot and he made a fortune off of your thing and all you ever want to do is just like fight Batman and why don't you make money off of your invention? Like ingenuity breeds success <laughs> and like I,
1: I I don't know. It's this Weren't so you much reading I- Ayn Rand? Joker. <laughs> <laughs> you were just reading Ayn Rand, don't you understand? <laughs> But what's interesting, too, is that can you imagine a kid like overdoses on cocaine or heroin and, and the parents are like, instead of being like, we have to fix this drug problem in our county, they're like, I want you to go to the cartel and kill all of them. Like, you hire someone. I want someone. you to go
0: kill the head of Bayer. This is basically saying, I want to kill the head of Bayer, because Bayer sold yeah. at point. This is different, though, because if if you had a drug that was called, like, oh, I don't know, like, Ayn Rand drug <laughs> and like you would be mad at her if someone died on it like this is joker venom he he I know, but, made this but thing that, personally
2: that shot knows what the parents think is wrong he knows that's not a joker i call this it's zeus but he's still gonna take the.
0: uh, uh there is mug. no true right the market decides what's right that's true and he is being paid oh, yeah. to do this lie. wow this
1: book has way more meaning than i realized <laughs> there's
0: a lot more Ayn Rand in this first like four pages than i thought <laughs> but yeah so that shot wants to
2: kill the joker and, but Joker's, Joker doesn't give a shit about that show he's, he's just pissed at his drugs being used uh, for getting high and he says Joker's venom is
0: supposed to be fear not something to be rocked at a kegger as <laughs> he says I actually like this concept of someone like kind of taking some like horrible horrible thing and giving a use for it that like is actually like people are paying for it and people want it and like I find that inter- uh, like an interesting idea of taking like a super villain who makes gas and turning it into a cosmetic drug arrow actually does something very similar with a drug called vertigo that i find just i think that's a cool idea
2: and uh the iron man comics actually did something similar with the the extremist, the thing in iron man 3 that gave everyone superpowers it's, yeah it's a, it's a kind of recurring idea to take this uh villain concept and turn it to something that can be mass marketed a it's
0: comic. a it's a very Randian thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so now
2: uh Desha wants to
0: kill a Joker, but he gets stopped by onomatopoeia He is a he is the villain he is a villain from Kevin Smith's Green Arrow run. Oh, so, so he's yeah. not just from this. He's no, not this, just from this, is This is
2: no. his follow-up to his Kevin Smith appearance, uh, his Kevin Smith Green Arrow appearance.
0: And as someone who really likes Kevin Smith Green Arrow, Aramana Pia is, like, a non-character, and I don't think he's, like, I just like the story he's in, not because of him, but in well, spite well, of him. Explain what, what Aramana Pia is. Like, why is his character so f- fucking great? Uh, honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> well, like, what, what, what is he literally? What is his character? His oh, gimmick? He's, he's, his, yeah, his gimmick is that he, like, likes to kill heroes, and he, the only thing he ever says is sound effects, like yeah. onomatopoeia. Like, when he shoots somebody, he says, blam.
2: When he c- tr- customizes his throat, he says, <laughs> like, he makes... Yeah,
0: and it's always... I actually find this as a cool visual thing, even though the character's stupid. The stuff he says is always the sound effect from the panel. So, like, Deadshot shoots him, and, go, and it goes, blam, 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 like, in text on the panel as a sound effect, and he also says it. So every time he says something, it is an actual sound effect happening.
1: But it's so it's weird like, because some of them are not blam, like, whoosh, and like from, I guess, the coat, like, yeah. swishing in the wind, and he goes, whoosh. <laughs> like,
2: like it's arbitrary what, what, what is worthy of being repeated and what isn't. It's arbitrary, yeah. like, how it's repeated. Like, it's the only, something that only works in a campy kind of mentality was yeah. about a serial killer. Like, yeah. I'm a serial killer. Your movie's just a
0: campy uh, gimmick. That's the thing that I find funny is, I guess I've just read so many comics that I don't registered, like, cognitively sound effects anymore. Like, the whoosh, I don't recognize... Like, my brain doesn't recognize it's a whoosh. I just read it, and my brain automatically interprets like, oh, it's some sort of swish thing, and then I move past. Right. And I don't like... And a lot of times, I will miss weird sound effects... Like, I, I'll, like, register what it's representing, but I don't recognize, like, that said Kersplat and that's funny yeah. until someone points it out to me. And I find it funny, like, when I read it, he says, like, swoosh. and I never would have recognized that that's an out-of-place stupid sound effect until he says it. And then I go back and I'm like, yeah, why is that there? Yeah. yeah. So instead of it being, like, a campy gimmick, it takes me so out of the book and just makes me realize how stupid comics are sometimes. There's only one way this could have worked.
2: Like, if it was, like, a campy film like the calendar man or something like that like the fact that it's a <laughs> who, serial they killer they
0: disparage in this in the sequel and they're like calendar man's a bunch of shit calendar man's great Fucking calendar man's things, better
2: man. than fucking like, Yeah, shit, calendar sure.
0: man he, he's a guy who fucking bases his
2: crimes based on the calendar literally wow. Uh,
0: read long halloween
2: he's like a hannibal electric character and it's awesome yeah he's fucking awesome in that story but uh, I, yeah. I do want to read uh kevin smith's quote on Atopio and why he'll never work in film he said when i did green arrow i went with autopio for a villain just because I love that word, and it's kind of formed the character as he was—he would was say things out loud and only kind of works, I think, on a comic book page because if you have a gun going off, you should write blam, and then you could have, you know, the character saying blam in the word balloon. But, like, if you try to do that cinematically, you can't really rock it. A gun in the film sounds completely different. doesn't read as blam, and so have a dude say blam after a true gunshot, all the people would think he's just retarded. And now I'm like... Yeah, only in movies will people say, That guy's retorted. The guy who's saying, Why not to shoot a
0: gun? Uh, I would really love if in Arrow they had Onomatopoeia, but he was like the guy from Police Academy. Yeah. So he perfectly represented, like, someone would shoot and he'd open his mouth and it would make a gunshot sound. See, that would be yeah. good. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> make that happen, Kevin Smith. Make this character work. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying here and still... he's uh, He's failing. Yeah. Yeah. He just so, shows and- up,
1: says nothing besides blam, thud, whoosh, um, things like this and fights deadshot over joker. Because- okay, and this
0: is nonsense. Deadshot's whole shtick is he is the he's like the Hawkeye of the DC universe but evil. Like he never misses ever. Yeah. And he but, gets I'm on
2: Pia's also a oh, Mary Sue. Like he's Kevin Smith's like ultimate badass villain by the way. Like yeah, he's an expert hand to hand expert gunman, expert everything.
0: Yeah, and he is, like, in a close-quarters gunfight with Deadshot, and he wins and shoots Deadshot in the head. And it's all bloody, and it says blam, and, like, how could he... Like, I know, like, I got... I laughed when Joe was mad that Eminem beat the Punisher. <laughs> but, like, this, this is, is This is the exact same
2: thing, cause I, because <laughs> uh, you, uh, Eminem obviously can beat the Punisher, and obviously, I'm not here can beat Deadshot, right?
1: I guess. What, uh, and... I'm just thinking about that quote you just read, Sly. How he's like, I like the word onomatopoeia, Yeah, made it a villain. It's like
2: that's an entire thought process. Basically. Like
1: I like the word juxtaposition. So this character always just juxtaposes himself against the hero, and uh, he's just
0: always next to him.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, somehow you know, being a, an ironic. <laughs> I also feel like Kevin Smith likes to show off the, the words. Wait, the words wait, he wait. Knows. wait!
0: Can we pitch a juxtaposition villain? <laughs> I would, do, I would love that. <laughs> so what is he always just like... I, I feel like he always has a big distraction like next to the bank. And then he like just... He's like, oh no, I'm just juxtaposed next to the crime. You can't catch me, Batman. <laughs> I'm not actually committing a crime.
1: That would be That's- so... Uh, that would be as dumb as a guy whose name is Al Pia who just says, blam blam. <laughs> Almost as dumb, but not quite Whoosh. as dumb.
2: Okay. But, so uh, can- but I do want to point out that Kevin Smith seems to be in love his own vocabulary because, like, he calls this book Cacophony for no real reason. Like, he just likes using you know, big words. it's because it's
1: nonsense. It's dissonant noise for three issues. Okay, you got me there. No, we... he
0: says why it's called Cacophony in the intro. Uh, what he does he say? How does you justify
2: this shit, Ryan?
0: Okay, let me just read this. Actually, I'm going to save this for when we do the sequel because he mentions the sequel, which hadn't been written yet at the time. I'm going to save that. He He's going to say, it's going to be, it'll be so great. Case, look forward to my great
2: sequel, which will make this book look like
0: shit compared comparison. Yes. Yes. He compares himself to Quentin Tarantino in Kill Bill.
1: Oh. Oh. My sweet I'm son. Saving child.
0: I'm saving I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm saving it for the sequel, so you guys have to listen next week. Deal okay. with it.
1: I tease you for next week, guys. I'm not gonna listen next week.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna shut my headphones and just fucking. I'm gonna loud talk. Loud. If you
1: guys are talking over me, too bad. Yeah.
0: If you guys talk over me, it's every other episode of the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Pia kills that shot, and um, so then uh, Joker is like, "Oh, thank you for saving me. I, I guess you want a reward." And he sticks out his butt and, and gets ready for butt pounding.
0: <laughs> no, he says, "You're a you're a you must be a, jo- a clown fetishist." So fine. And he just takes his butt out. and Well, because really
1: Onomatopoeia hands him a, a briefcase full of cash, and he says, oh, okay, this is for sex. Yeah, he's I'm a prostitute.
0: Yeah, I guess. And he also calls him Harpo, which is actually a reference I like, because he's Harpo Marx, he's not talking anything. But it's just, this is the first really sexual Joker thing, and, like, he says, like, if you want to fuck me, you have to fuck me. I'm only bottoms. Yeah. I bought it from the top, he says. Yeah, but he takes his, he takes his, like, weird, like, onesie Uh, pajama thing. And
1: that face, he has, like, the Miley Cyrus face. More like uh, Gene Simmons' face, on. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, and then he complains that he's like, oh, you're giving me blue balls or whatever. (laughs) I feel so dirty. And he's just, like, bent over next to a tree, and Automobia just leaves.
2: Yeah. Imagine if that scene went a different way and P just fucked him in the ass.
0: Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Especially because right before he leaves, P goes shh. <laughs>
2: imagine Anomalapi having sex and be like shlick, shlick. Like making a sound effect as he's doing it.
1: Maybe he does. How do you know?
0: So, speaking of awkwardly sexual, smash cut to Mr. Zazz. A serial killer villain totally naked looking over a family in bed wearing hip sunglasses. Yeah, two. Uh, the dead uh, family, uh, not. Husband Mr. and family.
1: wife wearing sunglasses in bed covered in blood.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Mr. Zaz is a character that he's just a serial killer. He's just an asshole. And, yeah. like, if you played any of the Arkham games, he's the one who calls you on the payphone and is like, I'm about to kill somebody. You got eight minutes. And and, he does tie marks on his skin, by the way. He does marks on his body, but as far as I know, he's never really been played as someone who's, like... Like, obviously, he's a psychopath and he's sick, but he's never been played as someone who, like, doesn't want to kill but has to. And in this, he's played as, like, the... Like, a totally, totally far-gone crazy person, which the thing that I like about Mr. Zaz is that he's, like, so aware of what he's doing and he's yeah. an asshole. And this, he's just, like... Not that at all. And he, like, has to make them wear sunglasses so he can't see their eyes or something, which is totally unlike his character at all. But he doesn't really show up after this, so I don't think it really matters to Now much. that
2: you mention it, I didn't think about it as I was reading it, but now that you mention it, this seems like a blatant ripoff of the first hand of story, Red Dragon, because the serial killer and dad goes and murders the family. And that story, he puts mirrors in their eyes to make it, to make, to make it seem like they're looking at him as, 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 he's, as he's doing all his acts. Here, he puts up sunglasses. So it's like uh, the same exact idea. And like in Red yeah. Dragon, he's like, oh, I don't want to do this by half to the dragons compelling me to. So it seems like he took Zaz and basically wrote Red Dragon.
0: Also, doesn't he mention like he's going to fuck these people?
1: Yeah, like Red Dragon does that too.
0: Yeah, he mentions he's gonna <laughs> fuck these dead bodies, which like Zaz has never been a sexual villain. Well, I mean, this Zaz is, is a...
1: this is barely like a person in this. I don't I, I don't know much about Zaz, um, but here it's like this this completely hairless, bald like gremlin with. <laughs> no, really, he, look at that next page where he's like hey, hey. he looks like a gremlin. He's a goblin, basically. Yeah, he does look a lot like um. Yeah. And it, mixed with the art style, it reminds me of something out of um, that game, Darkest Dungeon. If anyone's played that. It actually does. Uh, wow, so Dark Dungeon. Sun in
2: general like kind of reminds me of Dark Sun. And in that
1: game, it's all about like um, people being broken in this place where they go, they go crazy and they hurt themselves on purpose when they go nuts. And like he, he, he was like right out of that.
2: Yeah. So, so uh, Zaz is, does tally marks on his skin like I mentioned before, but he's out of space on his body, so he's going to start tally marking his
1: dick before the Batman interrupts him
0: oh jesus yeah
2: yeah and then batman makes a jewish joke I, uh, yeah versus...
1: i mean i didn't understand it at first because um, he says batman says i should let him do it instead i crash his ass's unholy bris baruch haba scumbag <laughs> and like <laughs> i didn't catch that i i, I guess the joke was he was gonna cut his dick it's like a circumcision joke but how i i don't know he
0: says this in his narration too not out loud
1: Yeah, in his mind, he's like, this guy, this serial killer just murdered a family and he's about to cut his own dick. LOL, Jews.
0: Yeah. Do you know what's so weird, too? He sees this dead couple in bed. Obviously, they're, like, married. Like, they're an older, like, you know, they share a a marital bed. And he's like, not just victims, people. And then he looks at them, at, like, a marriage photo of them, and he's like, just like my parents! Parents! (laughs) Children! And then he runs, and Zaz, like, has the kids hostage.
2: Well, yeah, so uh, Batman takes out uh, Zaz before he can kill the the kids. And as the police come and pick up Zaz and the kids, the only reason the whole entire entire part of the scene was just so the police can tell uh, Batman and the Joker escape Arkham. uh, Arkham.
0: Arthur. Arthur,
2: (laughs) yes. Arthur Christmas.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so they say it's a code, green. And that, to me, is, like, such a suspension of disbelief, ruining kind of thing that it's one thing, like, we accept the Joker's going to break out a lot because people want to write stories with the Joker. But to have it be, like, this is standard protocol all the times he joke, he, he, the Joker breaks out, I feel like really just points out how, like, stupid and unrealistic that is.
1: Yeah.
0: this whole story points
2: out how stupid and unrealistic that is. Like, that's the theme of yeah. is this, is this, theme, this book. It's that, it's that it's the theme, like, how stupid and realistic it is that Joker's allowed to get away with so much. In Gotham.
0: So, yeah. yeah. So basically, Bat- Commissioner Gordon recaps what happened eight pages ago <laughs> that Deadshot came in and was killed by some new player, and he's his, he's in the ambulance, and they're, they're trying to get the costume out of him. And Batman goes in, and basically, Deadshot faked his death by having like a blood splatter cap in his helmet.
1: Yeah, this, and, this is really weird.
0: If you watch it's Batman, the same Odyssey, thing from Batman Odyssey, yeah, like, like this idea that.
2: Instead of not getting shot in the face, like, avoiding a gunshot wound, I will put in squibs in my mask and the protective uh, casing to make it look like I got shot in the head instead. Like, instead of just Which,
0: avoiding getting shot in the head. I think that's... Well, I think if you're, like, a hired assassin who's going after, like, super criminals, I think that's a pretty good idea.
1: Yeah. I think it does make sense that you want to... If if you are going to get shot in the head, not only do you have protection, but they think you're dead so they don't finish you off. But yeah. it's also strange, like... I know it's, it's comics, so it's like, yeah, the technology's different, but... What kind of helmet can get shot in the head point blank and be okay?
0: Uh, I think he says it's second armor beneath the Kevlar faceplate. So he has a Kevlar faceplate and then, like, more armor. Which makes me think that because his helmet is regular head size, he must have a tiny, tiny
1: head. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Not to mention, I mean, I, you know, I don't want, I don't want to be realism nitpicky with comics, so I'll just stop. But I just, I, just, I just want to
2: imagine like this real life reenactment of this. I'm just imagining a dead shot with a huge bulky helmet saying, "Oh, this is this is my regular <laughs> helmet, guys. Like nothing suspicious here."
1: Not to mention, even if you get shot with something bulletproof on and you survive, you normally have really bad internal bleeding and bruising there. You have, will have a concussion and like he should, he should, you still get fucked up when you get shot. Oh yeah. But whatever, it's it's comics. But but since it's comics, that shot's fine. And
2: yeah. uh, Batman knows he's still alive, and he makes him tell him. Uh, he makes that explain what we saw in the first few pages. already. That Joker got free by Anna So it's, this most of this issue is it's, most of what happens. to This issue is largely pointed except for, except for Joker bring out, breaking out of prison. Yeah. And um, so then Batman going goes to go uh, investigate. While well, we cut to Maxi Zeus, the guy who's selling the the. Uh, Joker's venom on the streets yeah. at, at so,
1: Olympus,
0: his yes. nightclub. Yeah. So basically, he's a character that would get in a toga and like pretend to be Zeus. Very reminiscent of like the Adam West show, where you had like villains like King Tut, where they would just like, or, like be Adam. these ridiculous goofballs. Yeah.
2: So uh, he's on. He has. He has a news interview with a reporter, and he explains like instead of just showing like a flashback or something. To give us the idea that this guy was a, a cornball guy who dressed up as Zeus. Since this is Kevin Smith, he exposes this, this entire concept that, he, oh, I, I dress up in this, co- in this, in this costume, and uh, I was Maxi Zeus, and I was crazy.
1: Like, that's how Kevin Smith handles living this plot. Yeah, he idea. just says, I used to have mental illnesses. I've been battling it. Um, Maxi Zeus is dead, but Maximilian Zeus is alive. That's me. Haha, I'm a businessman. And uh, the reporter's are like, oh, uh, but we hear that
2: this new uh, f- drug on the street Chuckles. It might be because of you. And he says, that's
1: just because everyone's racist against Greek men. Yeah. And then the book, it just goes on to be racist against Greek men for the rest of it.
0: Joker calls him a lot. Yeah. A lot.
1: You guys must have picked this story just to offend me. Because, you know what? By the way, Phil is Greek. Yes, and we did this
2: And yes, you're right, Phil. We did. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but, so we're at this, we're at this interview and he says, you know, yeah, everyone's racist against Greeks. Uh, they were trying to hurt me and then all of a sudden someone comes in and says something in his ear and, his, and then he speeds off. Where does he
2: go? Yeah. He goes to uh, his, uh, the Maxi Zeus Parthenon School, which <laughs> is a school he funded.
0: Yeah, to show that he is such a great guy now, he fu- he funded a public school where his nephew goes and to show that he's not crazy, he also gave it a big Greek theme.
2: <laughs> and, maybe, and he actually looks like a Parthenon, it's not like a name, like he actually has Greek comms and stuff. yeah. He drives from Olympus
1: to Parthenon, which is actually a replica of the Parthenon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he... The Joker's there holding everyone hostage. And the Joker just yells racist Greek things at him. He calls him a thieving, oily goat lover.
1: He calls him a souvlaki slurper, which was particularly (sighs) offensive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Were you you triggered, Phil?
1: I was triggered. (laughs) I wasn't, but it was interesting because I've never actually had... uh, I've never read something where that was actually racist against... Me, so. yeah,
2: like, <laughs> it's so weird because dude, Maxie's just such an such a lame, obscure villain. I have to imagine Kevin
0: Smith used him just to make this fucking joke. He, fucking yeah, he there's it. yeah, there's no other reason why it has to be just. It could be literally anybody. Yeah. he
1: has no real stake in the plot besides I'm a I used to be a villain,
0: I, and I have a gang war with joker like it could be anybody selling this drug
1: do you guys like how joker's thugs that are with him are like these deformed creatures like with giant lumpy heads yeah what's up with that who are they what is that a human i don't know I said, it's like it's like zazz looking like that weird golem thing he, these are not human beings i don't think they're really they're really deformed and they're like they're like monsters he comes yeah. maxi Zeus comes in with his his thugs you know they point guns at the Joker's thugs, and then they're like, okay, let's chill, let's let the kids go, let's be racist against Greek men. Then they go outside, and they start talking about Chuckles and Batman. And Maxie's
0: basically like, we can have a criminal empire together, we could both be super rich. And Joker's like, I don't give a fuck, you can't use my shit. So it looks like we're in a war now. And what does he do to fuck with him?
2: Blow up his school with his nephew inside it. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> Maxie
1: says, get me my toga. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I think this this is a good point to mention how absolutely. This is what I was the most offended of. How he treats mental health. That there are times that someone will. I don't remember if it's in this one or the sequel, but someone will be like crazy and Batman will run in and inject them <laughs> with medicine and they instantly become totally. That's this one, not the next that, issue.
1: That's the next issue, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So, like, so. Maxi Zeus is like, I'm on medication, I'm fine. And he, like, doesn't take his medication. Like, obviously here, he says, get with my toga. So, spoiler is he's gonna become a crazy Zeus guy again. But, like, all it takes is Batman having some magical... You know, he's not, a, he's not a psychologist. Like, he's not a psychiatrist. He has some magical drug that he just injects him and just cures his, like, bipolar disorder and his delusions of grandeur and all these things. And that makes me think that Batman has the cure... For, like, all mental illnesses, and is just an asshole about it. And even it. if he doesn't, even if he doesn't have the cure, he has at least uh, uh, a temporary allevement that's so effective,
2: he could start every single... Instantly.
1: It works, yeah, instantly. He could start every
2: single fight, like any fight with Max Jesus, run an up to him and inject him, and Jesus is no longer a threat.
1: Well, you
0: know what it is? Wayne Tech has high stocks in the pharmaceutical company, oh, okay. and Ayn Rand says that... <laughs> You the the inventor is the one who can determine how it's used. If you're, is that must be. I, I want to
1: change my um, target audience. If you are a fan of the Fountainhead, this is the spiritual successor. So <laughs> yeah. just if you really like Ayn Rand, read Batman Cacophony. Yeah. So
0: I like that so far in Superman Grounded, we knew that ba- Superman could cure cancer whenever he wants, but doesn't. And Batman can cure all mental illnesses whenever he wants, but doesn't. Yeah. So it looks like they're the real villains of the DC Universe. <laughs> Especially knowing that all of Batman's villains have mental disorders, and Batman just keeps them around for fun, I guess. Are they real
2: villains, Ryan? Or are they just Randy and Superman? <laughs> oh, they might be, yes. So that ends issue one. <laughs> yeah. Joker killing the kids now, and-
0: we might seem like we're really going all, like, really detailed with this. The story's only three issues. Yeah. So this isn't going to be, like, a four-hour episode. Or <laughs> no. Or it could be. It probably will be. Uh, the last I,
1: three I, hours will I, just be me going, uh yeah.
2: <laughs> We're just going to leave the mics on and go get grab lunch,
0: actually. I'm starving. Yeah. Lunch? That's
1: lunch at 6.30, Sly? You animal. You pig.
0: It's 7 o'clock, idiot. Shit. <laughs> okay, so issue two opens up with also these covers are awesome. Adam Kubert, who did uh Flashpoint. Did he do Flashpoint or did his brother do Flashpoint? Uh was
2: it Adam Adam or Andy? Well, I forgot the question. Was it Adam or Andy? I think it was...
0: I don't remember. But either way it's one of the Kuberts. Their styles are very similar. Yeah, like the whole and...
2: Kubert family is like like I said, like a very they're very established, like their dad owns a yeah. And comic.
0: the covers are awesome. They're all like just reds with like black negative space and like they're just really cool. That's why one reason
2: I did not want to review this comic was because The covers may look like a good book, honestly.
1: Like, it looked like something we didn't have to review.
0: Well, you know what they say. Don't judge a book, right, Sly?
1: Yeah. Also, the ads, I gotta say. Have you seen this one? Have you spanked Shakespeare today? Spanking Shakespeare. Do you have that one?
0: I read it in trade. I didn't get ads. Yeah.
1: Where's where's that? It's at the end of the first issue. After after Maxi Zeus says, get me my toga. uh, Onomatopoeia says, vroom. And then it just says, have you spanked Shakespeare today? And there's a kid wearing a spanking Shakespeare shirt. And it just says... One popularity challenge, boys' journey to self-respect and finding a date. Jeez, I'm curious to share on this website spankingshakespeare.com. <laughs> Free advertising—they're paying us.
0: Our our first episode sponsor, spankingshakespeare.com. Thank you guys.
1: <laughs> and Squarespace. No, just, I'm just We're kidding. not actually sponsored. We're not actually sponsored by them.
2: But if they want to, uh, we will take your money. Build
0: it beautiful. Okay, so issue two starts with a maxi zeus dance club it's olympus again and there's dj batmite we're not going to get into (laughs) batmite
1: i i had no idea what this was okay
0: batmite is a mystical imp from the fifth dimension that showed up in the 50s and trolled batman a lot and that's what he's referencing i guess is that canon grant morrison's batman that's canon still kind of the fifth dimension is imagination but that's besides the point
1: oh my god i hate (laughs) comics
0: uh batmite is wonderful and grant morrison's batman everyone else can fuck off uh so, we will read it and we'll,
1: i'm guessing me and phil will hate it and mine will love it
0: uh batman r.i.p is something that would be really interesting to do for an episode I, i'm i guarantee phil will probably hate it yeah <laughs> rest, rest i hated pepperonis. it the first two times i read it too and now it's one of my favorite stories but anyway so it's not actually batmite
1: also everyone's <laughs> everyone's doing chuckles so they're all laughing and look like crazed demons yeah
0: yeah and the the dj rips up his mask and it's actually the Joker. He's Prometheus bringing fire from Olympus and he burns everyone alive. I think that line's actually pretty clever.
1: Uh, yeah. It's too overdone. This whole Greek thing is so overdone. And I'm not just saying that for being That's Greek. True. It's just like every... You, know, but
0: you have a stake in this argument, Phil. You, have, you, can't, you can't talk about it. Uh, I think Phil is just a uh, fucking asshole who just subscribes to this PC culture that we live in today.
1: I'm triggered and I can't take him talking about Olympus. <laughs> that's my people that's cultural to
0: reappropriation bro
1: (laughs) but really it's just it's just it's kind of overdone in this comic but whatever
0: yeah so batman shows up saves maxi zeus and joker beats him with a giant hammer
1: yeah and it's pretty interesting how all of maxi zeus's guards are just staring at the joker as he just lights everyone on fire
0: Yeah, the joker doesn't have superpowers
1: like they all have guns And he's just like, I'm lighting people on fire. What do you think? And they're just staring. And then they're on fire. So
0: so after he... Doesn't he kick Joker
1: in the nuts? Well, (laughs) what's important to the rest of the story, actually, is that Batman, when he shows up, says, Common sense screams at me. Let him burn. But I live and will likely one day die by a code.
0: So, like, of all the villains that Batman has to consider crossing the line and killing this far <laughs> into his career, the first one that really pushes him is Maxi Zeus, who is currently a good guy. <laughs> at a least as at his... far as, like, people are concerned. I know he's selling drugs, but, you know. Yeah. He's just trying to make a living in this uh, post-economic crisis. And yeah. wh- who, can really, who can really tell us what's immoral?
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: So, anyway, Batman, after kicking Joker in the nuts, gets the upper hand... And is about is like beating the shit out of him and about to win, and then Automata Pia shows up and
1: Shoots Batman.
0: He shoots Batman and wins. Yeah. He's just a, a fucking Mary Sue.
1: And this is Kevin Smith's wet dream right here. The Joker says, say it with me, super villain team up.
0: Super power. <laughs> so... Yeah, so he's teaming up with Automata Pia. Whatever. They fight uh Al is a super
2: badass cuz Kevin Smith wrote him and It's such yeah. a, it's
1: so funny how he's a badass too. He shoots at Batman. Batman counts his bullets like a good a good uh Batman would. And he runs up to him when he has to reload and he's like, "I got him now." I never expected a knife and get stabbed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I planned for everything except a yeah. knife. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Uh So, the Batman goes back to the Batcave and he looks up on Pia and looks about up his history with Green Arrow, how he killed heroes
0: yeah he killed a bunch of like you know made-up characters and he realizes that onomatopoeia is hunting him and then it cuts back to maxi zeus who's now super crazy because he like missed his medication one day and now he's like back to being like i am the great gods you know i am the god zeus everyone must so listen, you know.
1: many corny lines here how couldst yeah. thou allow this greek tragedy to befall me
2: to be fair, Maxie Zeus is a terrible villain, and this is very accurate to him, but to be unfair, why the fuck is Kevin Smith using a terrible villain? Yeah, you can
1: say, oh, well, you know, the villain's shitty, then don't put the shitty villain in your book.
0: He yeah. actually mentions this in the intro, that there's a lot of Batman characters that are only in this and the sequel story because Walt wanted to draw them. Like, I guess Walt's a fanboy. the only fanboy of Maxie Zeus. Yeah, but he was like, like, you have to use Deadshot because I want to draw him. And, like, this is the only chance they're ever going to have to draw a You could just draw them
2: in your fucking spare time. And that,
0: that's man. why fucking Crazy Quilt is in it. Is he in this one or this one? He's in the second one. Crazy Quilt. We'll get yeah. To, that's we'll get why to Crazy, Crazy Quilt. Quilt is in it. Speaking of really shitty villains, Crazy Quilt. We'll get to that next week. So, Maxi Zeus wants to sleep with all of these virgins, and they're like, no, they're just prostitutes. And he's like, should I should I be in the form of a bull or a swan?
2: Basically, his <laughs> men. don't want to keep Zeus happy, so they hire prostitutes for him and sailor virgins, and they, while well, they go do business stuff, and Zeus is crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, it basically just emphasizes how crazy he is. Because as they're trying to tell him real things, he's like, uh, "Don't you mean Tartarus? Don't you mean I'm Zeus?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, Zeus. Here's four prostitutes." And then they yeah, keep you- saying, "We gotta get him back on his medication."
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, Which is apparently really easy to do, because Batman shows up and just injects him with it.
1: <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Don't mind this massive dose. It's
2: not even a pause. Like, he immediately is like, I'm, oh, wow, I'm back to normal again.
1: He re- yeah. literally gets injected and says, oh, my God, my my nephew. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he literally was in a some kind of trance as soon as the bomb went off, and that immediately brings him back to complete sanity.
0: Yeah, his nephew's name is Aesop, for what it's worth, because he can't everything. I guess... Which also lends. So is his brother or sister also like a crazy Greek obsessed person? <laughs> Maybe know. it's a family thing. Maybe all <laughs> Greeks are like this. Phil, what, what, are you uh... named after Phil Danny DeVito's character from the Hercules movie? <laughs> there are yeah. a lot
1: of uh, Greeks that still have names that kind of sound pretty crazy. Like there are Socrates still, and like Athena's. That's like a common name. So, oh, really? Yeah, like Athena's one of the most common uh, female names. So it's not that weird, I guess. But I've never heard of a Zeus. But, well,
0: his let his last name.
1: That's a weird last name, but.
0: Well, how did
2: you name Jesus? Phil. What? Like Jesus? I used to honestly think Jesus was Jesus. Like, Is like, that
0: really what you honestly think, Slime? When, when
2: I was like ten years old, I had a kid named Jesus, and I didn't know how his name was called. You had a kid. <laughs> you know, a kid in my class called Jesus, and I thought like everyone was saying Hey Zeus.
1: Wow, wow. you were For really you, smart kid.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, How about, I, was to, I was supposed to guess that his name is Jesus, but it's pronounced Jesus, right? Fuck you, Phil. It is common he to have your
0: son. He, you
2: should know <laughs> what
0: his name is.
1: And it makes sense, you know. There are a lot of people named after gods um, and religious figures. It's like, there
0: are a lot of people named after gods and greetings. <laughs> How howdy Allah? You know that name, Jesus. <laughs> hey, but uh, yeah, I was a dumb kid. Uh, moving on.
1: Moving on. You're still dumb. <laughs> Yeah. So
0: the Joker is hanging out in some factory with a bunch of mannequins covered in feces. <laughs> and he's complaining that he's not a supervillain anymore. He's an urban terrorist. And it's like, okay, I guess. Is that supposed to be more... like PC p- it's fucking not as cool. I don't know. Terrorism's not but, cool,
1: but supervillain is... Yeah.
0: And he's mad now that Maxi Zeus has turned himself in and the feds are making a big case out of it. And he's like, the feds... I'm stuck here. Oh, he's in Clayface's old safe. I thought it was shit everywhere because he calls someone a piece of poo. I, I thought gets, it was shit too. I, I guess <laughs> Clayface's body. I
2: hope my past Kevin Smith is afraid to be shit.
1: Yeah. It's funny how Maxie Smith or Maxie Zeus <laughs> Maxie <Smith. laughs> turns himself in and the feds get involved and like, we're going to be moving him out of the city immediately. Like that never happens to the Joker. Oh, he they...
0: apparently has al- Al-Qaeda contacts.
1: Oh, so he's going to get... In the
0: international drug trade. I, does Al-Qaeda do international they drugs? They do. The opium. Oh uh, okay.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of poppy in Afghanistan and and. Hey poppy. Yeah, exactly.
0: Hey Zeus. So anyway, he Joker kills all his weird looking goons for no reason. For no reason, and now because he's,
2: ed- he's edgy. Also, I'm up here because of prostitute. <laughs> yeah.
1: You were right. He is an edge lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because this scene goes on for quite a while.
2: Yeah, the goes on for quite a while for when summary is basically just I'm up here because a prostitute.
0: Not only is he such a fucking Mary Sue, this character, he's so good that the prostitute wants to keep having sex with him for free. Or for half off or something, but she's like, You're so gentle, I would do this for free. Like I hate charging you, but it's a living. Like she's a fucking Flintstones bird. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> And then she uses his mask as a hand towel, so he super murders her. Yeah. And he's still naked. Everyone's naked when they kill people. What's up with that? It's
1: that's just, it. that's, it's, it's edgy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Batman realizes that Onomatopoeia is using the Joker as bait. And he, why does the Joker come to the Bat-Signal? Sing- Basically, Maxie Zeus is bait for a
2: Joker. And the Joker is bait for Automata. So they're playing like five dimensional chess. Yeah,
1: it's the stupid. They act like this is a really smart game where it's like, yeah. So like you said, Sly, he Maxie's bait for the Joker, but the Joker knows going there, and he says, you know, like I'm playing into this game to bring Batman here, and then that, and then will spring the trap. But like, it's if everyone knows what's going on, it's not clever anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and why like. How was Onomatopoeia a bigger threat than the
0: Joker? Than the Joker which
1: uh, is when he Story's
0: trying to sell a shot, Batman. Uh, Batman was winning the fight against Joker and then lost the fight to Onomatopoeia. So that means um, Joker is
2: like Joker's body count doesn't matter. It's all about Onomatopoeia, The fact that he can beat Batman once in his first fight. Uh,
0: yeah, Sly. What's cooler? A uh, homicidal maniac that's supposed to be the counterpart to our protagonist and is his reverse in every single way? Or a guy that says fooosh all the time?
1: Have you guys, you've seen the Derek Comedy video where if if guns didn't sound like they normally do and all the guns are like, <laughs> Baba Booey, Baba Booey. <laughs> that's what I'm about to be, reminds me of. Where you just run around going like, Bing, Bing, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Baba Booey. But yeah, so, so uh, Joker shows up with a uh, parachute, uh, Batman beats him up, they have a classic fight where Joker pulls out the the gun that's multiple panels long. He tries to squirt acid out of his, uh, you know,
2: flower. Yeah, and then Joker's like, "Who the hell would you be even be without your greatest foe?" And Batman's like, "You're not my greatest foe. You're not even number sixteen. You're washed up. You're only my bait for arm Yeah, he's
0: a really cool villain. You're just you're just <laughs> shitty. character is awesome. I <laughs> thought I took this as Batman is just trolling Joker. I, but I think that's fair. I, I, I'll believe that it wasn't.
2: Kevin Smith right onomatopoeia because he is building onomatopoeia up to a level he doesn't deserve at all
1: and he does say at the end like you were bait this whole time for onomatopoeia yeah so that's the the trap is phase three
0: yeah at this point onomatopoeia shows up and shoots Batman in the head and it's all bloody and gross
1: wait that's issue three
0: issue three he just shows up up in part two and then issue
2: three he shoots him in the head
1: Immediately. And Batman oh. just
2: sits there and lets. <laughs> Joker is like slowly getting a piece of glass, slowly walking up to Batman, slowly stabbing <laughs> in the back, and Batman just lets it happen. And on my punches him in the face, and he just lets it happen too.
1: He says like, okay, like Joker yeah. like stabs him. And right. says, Shoot him now! And Batman gets shot in the head. But that's this
2: is my point. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, maybe a squib and a bulletproof helmet will be useful, but it's more useful just
0: to wait. Not... A squib like. I mean, uh, like, like, like a non, like a non-magical person born to magical parents. Yeah, that's an
1: offensive term. <laughs> you, Batman's a mudblood. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I triggered anyone with my comments. This is the most racist episode of Vice of Issues. That, sorry. Oh no, it's not Sly, and you know that's true. <laughs>
0: he he's that's why Batman is trying to live up to his parents so much because they were wizards, and he's just a <laughs> fucking squid
1: so as as we already uh revealed he doesn't he gets shot with a bullet helmet on but what's what's extra stupid about it besides the fact that letting yourself get shot in the head on purpose is this one of these stupidest things a human can do it's like his face isn't covered, so if the bullet didn't if the bullet hit like his mouth area, he would just die right yeah. Yeah. No,
0: he put the, the Kevlar shielding on all his teeth, too. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> you catch his mouth, and you spit it out.
1: He basically is like, I'm going to get shot right here, and then the fake blood is going to come out, and then they'll think I'm dead, but then I'll get up and fight them for real after being shot in the head.
0: You know, it's ironic that... St- onomatopoeia shoots shoot so many people right in the head there because that exact same spot is where his costume literally has a target on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> by the way, his costume is literally just a target on his face and a, and a black trench coat. His costume's is lame too on top of yeah. him being lame. Baba Boo. Yeah,
0: definitely. Baba Boo, Baba Boo.
2: So then uh, Batman, uh, by deceiving him by letting him, uh, onomatopoeia think he, he, he shot him in the head. Uh, gets up her hand on onomatopoeia until onomatopoeia fucking stabs the Joker in the chest.
1: Yeah. And he even says like, it was worth it getting shot in the head. My head hurts, and I was—I got stabbed in the leg, but it was worth it. I knew I could count on Joker to be Joker.
2: You could have just not get shot in the head. And just it's it's almost as
1: smart as um, like sitting down in an electric chair, dousing yourself in dangerous chemicals, and getting struck <laughs> by lightning. And then when you get third-degree burns on your body, you're like, let's do it again. Almost <laughs> as smart, but not quite almost, as smart. Yeah.
2: yeah, not quite. But yeah, so the, So now, now Joker is bleeding to death, and Batman has to choose. Let Iron Ma up here, run free. This villain that's supposedly more dangerous than Joker... Let him run free and murder more people or get the Joker to a hospital. What does Batman
0: shoes? He's well, even Commissioner Gordon's like, Are you a fucking idiot? Let this guy die. And Batman's like, no, he's all life is sacred. A Joker must live to kill more people in the future. <laughs>
1: and it's yeah. funny because he Batman says, I know what I should do. This is Kevin Smith now saying, here's the message of the book. This is his like grand message. I know what I should do. I just can't. And he tells Commissioner Gordon. I can't let other people die. He says, are you crazy? Let him die. And he goes, I can't, Jim. He's a human being. And then, you know, Commissioner Gordon- And Jim's piss.
0: like, you didn't even fucking stab him. You just have to not do anything. Like, it's not like you are killing him. And then, and he recaps, like, when he paralyzed Batgirl, when he killed Robin, and he's like, let this fucking asshole die, you dumbass. What's, What's all-
2: the reason feel people bitch about, like, Batman not being able to kill Joker is because there's this element of Batman is basically being stubborn or being like self-centered by putting his own code above the safety of others. Like, There's a point where Joker running free and killing people is too dangerous to allow. And this story is the next level of that where you can argue maybe Batman doesn't have an end to kill a Joker but now he's actively saving the Joker's life to make sure Joker goes out and kills more people. Not, not just yeah. saving
1: his life. He's saving him and letting another villain go free. Because I, yeah. I do understand that, that whole Batman is set up this way. He's like the utilitarian argument here would be, well, the best thing to do for society is kill Joker, but he's like, no, things that are wrong are wrong. Like, you know, the whole Kantian argument. Yeah, yeah. But, the idea
2: of, of the comics that if
0: you let one person die, you will kill all the people.
1: <laughs> but in general, he's... He, well, he's, in
0: this, they don't talk about, if I let him die, I'll kill everyone. This argument, right. even though it's not done well in this book, actually does it the way I prefer it done. Poorly, no. But like, when (laughs) they, when it's not like, if I kill him, I'll kill everyone. It's the argument of I can't let anyone die because my whole point that I exist is because of senseless murder.
1: Letting people die is wrong. Life is sacred. Letting people die is wrong. What, What makes I think this whole argument kind of pointless here is. Not only is he letting a serial killer get away, which is, I would say, also killing people, but he's like, I'm going to let him get away because I need to take Joker to the hospital. No one else can get him medical attention. Only Batman can save this man's life. And
0: The police are right there. The police show up right away. You're Batman. You're the world's greatest detective. You can track him, but he's like, no, I'd rather debate this for a couple minutes (laughs) while someone has a knife in his heart. I'd rather debate it and then personally bring him there, like Phil said. That's just like, leave the body there. Then it's super not your problem.
1: And they, if if the police are there, they will say, "Well, we have to take this guy to the hospital." I mean, well, you could
2: argue that Batman might be afraid that the police will let him die, which is what Commissioner
1: which, Gordon,
0: their boss, did. Literally say, "Let, <laughs> let, let this fucking go- guy die." <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true.
2: So Batman is like, I can't trust anyone else with the Joker, so I will stay here and let other people die. I'm going to give him people-
1: CPR myself. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I just hate this fucking it's, scene. Like, it, it, it makes yeah. sense with Batman's character but this is why Batman is kind of annoying shithead. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You okay. T- like, I, I do understand that I, I that some things are just wrong in general. Like, the argument like, well, it would be good if, for society if you went back and killed baby Hitler Uh, the utilitarian would say, yeah, that's best for society, but it's wrong to kill a baby who hasn't done anything, but this takes it to the, he's, like, trying to push it as far as possible, like, well, it's wrong to kill someone ever, so even if this guy's going to murder the entire world, it's wrong to kill him, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he's, whatever, we could, this is really dumb, and I think we've spent enough time telling how dumb it is.
2: So, yeah, so Batman takes him to the hospital, and a few months later, uh, Joker's
0: still reading Ayn Rand. (laughs) He also has this this giant fucking pube beard that's really <laughs> weird so and gross. Nasty. And, like, he grows green hair on his head. So his hair is green, but his beard is still, like, black and yeah. super, super pubey. It's, and it's, like,
2: really curly, too, unlike the hair on his head. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Joker is reading Ayn Rand, wrapping this whole entire story in a bow, He's giving us back our central theme of the story. And uh, Batman shows up in disguise, and Joker's like, "I can't talk to you while you're in this disguise." Show up as Batman, and then so Batman puts back his
0: cosplay outfit and becomes <laughs> Batman again.
1: Immediately, just goes behind the curtain, pulls it back, and he's Batman.
0: Yeah. Oh, Batman. that matters because Joker's like, "By the way, when you were changing, I saw your dick." Yeah. <laughs> like my master plan. I get to see your penis. And and I think this line when they're talking about it, they say like Batman's like, "Do you really want to see me dead?" And Joker's like, "I don't know. I got to think about it." do you want to see me dead? And Batman's like, yeah, but I couldn't watch you die. I've watched people die before. I swore never again. Here's my origin, Joker. Joker's (laughs) like, I figured it was something like that. But now that I thought about it, I do definitely want to kill you. You're a piece of shit, Batman. (laughs) I just want to point out that this same scene, Batman's like, you're on so many sedatives. I wanted to talk to you while you were still like sane and a human being. And like, again, it's not how mental health works. If... Some like Vicodin would make the Joker not a fucking serial killer. Don't you think Arkham would have given him a Vicodin? Yeah. And also, yeah. I think this is, I think this is just, he, he drove this idea so
2: much. Saying, you, you are now so clear and saying, I have to talk to you. I have discussions with you. He, I feel like this is Kevin Smith saying to the audience, guys, this is what Joker really feels. You can't contradict this with the stuff from Killing Joker about Joker's multiple choice thinking, about all his crazy thoughts, about this and that. This is his actual thoughts. You can't contradict this story. This is actual canon. Fuck you all.
1: I think that yeah. is why he included that. So, say, like, this is definitively how the Joker feels inside. And he says to him, here's the whole cold, hard truth, Bats. I don't hate you because I'm crazy. I'm crazy because I hate you. Dun,
0: dun. <laughs> yeah, like the whole thing, like, Joker's only an asshole because he needs to be Batman's counterpart. And I believe Sly's the one who mentioned the story before, so you tell about the comparison to a better story. So there's a story called uh, "Going Sane by James DeMatteis where Joker and Batman fight,
2: and Joker believes he kills the Batman. Batman basically gets blown up, and he gets washed ashore on a uh, uh, nearby river. And Joker thinks, "Oh, he's dead. Now what do I do?" And basically, he goes perfectly sane because realizes the only thing that ca- ca- one reason why he was driven to go crazy was because he needed to beat the Batman and down his life uh joker basically settles down uh, gets a girlfriend and he becomes a, a, like a model still until uh batman comes back and resurfaces and joker feels compelled to go back to his old
0: lifestyle and the whole thing the whole thing is like him debating like like him trying not to lose himself like he's actually like like i have a life like why is batman ruining it and it's really written like batman is the bad guy here yeah and it's just, it shows that relationship so much better than just, I don't hate you because I'm crazy. I'm crazy because I hate you. And, um, like, that's the main theme of that
2: story, too. Like, this is tacked on, on a fucking random, this could be any fucking Joker story where is yeah. tacked on. And this is just exposition delivering this idea.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm crazy because I hate you. The last, the last few pages of this book are them just talking about this. Most yeah.
0: pages of this book are just people talking. That's
1: true. And this and he, is what
0: we talked. We talked about this a, bit,
2: a little bit in uh, *Guardian Devil*, where we we said, "Oh, this is a good idea. This is a good idea." But we've seen this in *Daredevil* already before. And this this is a good idea. It's been band before, done better.
1: Yeah, it's especially because like since the story led up to this in this way, I was so just take. I wasn't into this book at all at this point. I didn't care about these guys. So when he was telling them this, it's like, yeah, I, I guess this in a different world, in a parallel universe where this comic didn't suck ass, this could have <laughs> been a good scene. Yeah, but he's basically just like. Uh, you know, when you're st- when you're gone, I'll stop hurting people. But for now, I'm gonna keep killing people. And Batman's like, I yeah. can't watch anyone die. But he just said he's gonna keep killing people, and I'm gonna let him live.
0: Well, it's one of those. It's one of those things that I think you could see that Kevin Smith has good ideas, but he needs to be like shoot, like whor- like uh... she sure, No, that's what I was gonna say. But I meant he needs to be like reined in, in a little bit.
2: Yeah, like Any shit as Lord needs
1: to be reined in.
0: Yeah, so then it ends with Batman... The last line
1: between Joker and Batman is, I saw your junk.
0: Yeah. Uh, I saw a little bit of your junk when you were getting changed before. And then the next panel is a narration box that says, The Cave. And I'd like to think that was actually, like, you know how sometimes they have the last bit of dialogue from the previous scene? (laughs) So I'd like to think that he's calling Batman's, like, butt and junk the cave.
1: (laughs) And they continue with this joke, even though they don't say the cave is his butthole, but they do, Alfred does say, I can't say I'm surprised what he said, but... It's a little wonder that he caught that glimpse, considering you wear your briefs on the outside of your clothes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that—that that Batman felt the need to include that in his recap to Alfred. Yeah. That was like, yeah, and then he totally—he totally, he totally scoped my junk. I know.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, I was holding Joker and bleeding in my arms. I went to go see him at the hospital, and he said he hated me. And I don't know why. I like—I don't, I don't hate him. I just, you know, I—I I want him. I don't want him to die. And he, he just saw my dick. <laughs>
0: And like you, th- you think it's pretty nice, right, Alfred? <laughs> you don't call it the cave. But yeah, the moral
2: story is Joker's crazy, and Al P is now free thanks to Batman. And nothing resolved, nothing matter in the story and everything ends yeah, it ends yeah so with, the, the with...
0: story actually ends with onomatopoeia going home to his family because he's like a batman's like i don't know anything about this guy what's his life like when he's alone with his thoughts is he honest with himself like what what kind of <laughs> questions are you what and it's like him with his family and i will say there is one panel where the artist draws a dog and it might be the funniest thing i've ever seen in my entire life that is
1: pretty it's like a little cow pig Oh yeah, just like the cow pig. But his
0: like mouth is open really l- large. Like if you ever seen the Cartoon Network show, the Annoying Orange, that looks terrible, but I've only seen uh, commercials for it. It's like its giant mouth just like put on this thing. <laughs> and then Onomatopoeia basically has like a display with like the cows and helmets of all of the like, no nobody characters that he killed. Then I'm pretty sure they're all made. I mean, Kevin up. Smith
2: made a bunch of characters and kill them off immediately just to give a body count.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, Batman's like, does he know there's no place he can hide from me? And he's holding an empty glass case labeled Batman. Uh, he's very ambitious, by the way. He kills a bunch of
1: Z-listers, <laughs> and now he's like, I'm ready for Batman now. <laughs> like just, this, Kevin this Smith is. has imbued me with power. He's like a apocalypse. Kevin Smith is Apocalypse, and he's one of the horsemen. He just came over and gave him <laughs> Yeah,
0: He actually also does have a bunch of other empty cases, like Green Arrow, and I think he's just making this Batman case and is now, like it's saying like he's going to continue hunting him I think he I don't I, don't I necessarily think he's, he's considering that
2: he was hunting him in the first place like he was like you assume that considering there's no reason for him to be in the story except to go after Batman
0: yeah that's true that's true
1: I like how he goes to his wife and goes baba booey baba boy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> in bed
0: yeah. does he talk at all no. in this no no. 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 that's before then later
1: <gasps> spoilers
0: Uh kind of yeah. So, so, that was it. That was the end of that fucking I shit. did not like,
1: I have to say. So, <laughs> recap page. Everyone hates this book.
0: Yeah, recap page. Is it good-bad, though?
1: No. 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 It's not good at all.
2: And you would think yeah. it would be good-bad, because, like, if you if you pitch this book, say, oh, it's a story where Joker shows his ass and says, fuck me in the ass, and Batman, said, he says to Batman, hey, I saw your junk, you would think it would be
0: funny, right? But it's not yeah. funny.
1: It's.
0: I actually, funny. like, I had... I am not a Guardian Devil fan as our previous episode says. But like I, even I had plenty of good stuff to say about that book.
1: Yeah, the high point of my uh, the high point of this for me was the last page when I was like, "Oh, it's over." Yeah. What was
0: were there any actual high points for anybody? Not for me. Um, I liked seeing Zaz again, I guess. Cuz he's not used that often. I actually did have one high point at the beginning when it was kind of misleading, but when it was when the whole most of the first issue focused on Maxi and Joker and Onomatopoeia, I thought this was going to be one of those stories where it was mostly villain centric and Batman is kind of just like a foil in the background. It's not that. It's not and not that. it's not that. So, like, my high point was I like that they set up an actual conflict between three villains and Deadshot, I guess, because, like, it was Deadshot versus Onomatopoeia and then Onomatopoeia and the Joker versus Maxi. And, like, I actually was intrigued a little bit at the beginning when there was, you know, I thought it was going to be more villain-centric, which could have been interesting.
1: So your high point was when you thought this book wasn't this book?
0: Yeah. The high point was when this book misled me into believing it was something else. The initial premise of the, like, villain taking the drug and turning it into, like, uh, a, a criminal empire and, like, Joker getting mad and the gang war that would lead from it was I thought that was an interesting setup personally?
1: It, I think you know, it could have
2: been too. It could have yeah. been, but th- that's not what Kevin Smith wrote. Listen,
0: said. the whole point of High Point is supposed to be something could. and I, give me this. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> You'll, so, I, I grant it to you.
0: Okay. So, do we have letters or anything to do before? We oh shit! Off? Yeah, I totally wasn't thinking.
1: You never think, yeah? Have you ever done
2: that? Fuck. <laughs> Now we have to wait for Ryan to pull up the fucking questions
1: and to fucking waste time. Wait for Ryan to pull up his pants.
0: Sorry, you could edit this out. No, we're not. Now it's going to be in here. We're going to be fucking (laughs) waiting. So, Henry asks on Facebook, do you think that there are inherently bad characters or that have, or that they just haven't been used properly yet? And the reason why I think this is relevant is we talked a lot about how onomatopoeia totally sucks and is stupid. Do you think that someone could take this premise without totally reinventing the character and make them a good character and still keep that core? Or do you think that he will just always be a bad character? Or... I, I
1: feel very strongly that there are characters that are bad. However, I do think that you can, as a good writer, you can take the shittiest character in the world and do something really interesting with them. But inherently, there's a char- if the character is very one-dimensional, has no aspirations, no cool gimmick they're just a i'm a rand. i could be anyone that inherently to me is a bad character yeah you could write them and say well actually they have this backstory where blah 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 and they have this new as this new dream they want to do this that's the writer taking a shitty character and dragging it up but in my opinion like a character if we're going to talk about the inherent goodness or badness of characters it has to do with what they bring to the table originally do you know what i mean you know actually you totally changed my answer with that <laughs> Because we talked
0: uh, a lot about Jeff Johns in the last episode, and one of the big things that he does really well, and what is my favorite thing, is he takes characters that are, like you said, one-dimensional or very blank, and he gives them backstories and origins and motivations, and he turns them into fantastic characters, like arguably some of the best characters DC has when they were one-off villains or, you know, just totally nobody characters. And I was going to bring that up as an example of, yes... Every character has potential, so I don't think there's inherently bad characters, only bad writers. But, but after your answer, I'm going to change it to there are bad characters, and by saving them, you're actually just creating a new character and putting some, uh, some other character's face on it.
2: I would say you're you're recycling a character, in my opinion. You would yeah.
0: You're you're totally reinventing the character because right. like you're
2: taking the concept, maybe like some some elements like like a unique costume design, a unique character quirk, and recycling it into uh You're basically you're not starting from scratch. You're recycling a concept and working it into your new yeah. concept.
0: Yeah, because like my my example would be Black Adam, who was a one-off Captain Marvel villain, who was reinvented by Jerry Ordway and then way more by Jeff Johns. i never read his first appearance, but I hear he just shows up one time and that's it. And then, like, Jerry Ordway gave him a much more involved, detailed backstory, and I would argue that he created the character with someone else's design.
1: Yeah, you know? and, and we can actually... I think you can see that a lot um, in, in the past, too, not just in comics, but, like, you look at something like Beowulf, which is really fucking old, but Grendel's kind of a one-dimensional character in that, and um he just exists to fight to fight against Beowulf but then someone wrote a book called Grendel where he takes um and he takes the character and shows the story from his perspective which yeah okay he's he's using Grendel but like you guys said he's basically reinventing him using this the setting and some of the actions that that character took in the past but you're you're kind of doing your own thing with it at that point
2: yeah I, I I would have disagreed with you guys, but now that you made your arguments, and also since you brought up on my P, I think I agree with you uh, more because i my P is unsalvageable in the shit villain. <laughs> but, you know, but I think the Baba Booey edition
0: would really fix it. Yeah, yeah. But, and
2: I but I do think you can recycle any villain to be something interesting because cause even though I hate Max, he's, Zeus, he's probably one of my least favorite villains of all time. There's an interesting interpretation of him in this comic called Arkham Asylum, a hell, a series place on serious
0: surf. I think it's called. Yeah, that's actually going to be my recommendation, spoilers. Yeah, but uh, and
2: that's why Maxi Zeus is, like, uh, basically he got electro shock therapy so much that he could actually project lightning. Like, it's a very abstract concept, but, like, <laughs> it sounds silly, but, like, it works because the story
0: is so surreal. It's, like, a very dreamlike okay. story. So, like... Yeah, it's taking his concept of being, like, Zeus and making it so much more literal that he was, like... He's now, like, living lightning kind of thing. Yeah. Right. He's also only on two pages, so, yeah. like you know. That's the best way to use them. Make him only two pages long. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. He, uh, I mean, he is a
1: Sublocky slurper in the end, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Much like Phil. So. Yep. If you guys have any questions, it's at Device of issues on Twitter. It's deviceofissues at gmail.com and the Facebook page. And as always, rate and review us on iTunes. We got some more ratings and thank you guys so much. Rate us it one actually... star
1: or else. <laughs> yeah.
0: It actually goes a lot farther than people think for uh, discovering new rating listeners us One star, he that's means. awesome. Yeah, rating <laughs> us one star does a lot to tell people that we're great. So thanks, guys.
1: One is one is for best. First is the well. First is the worst.
0: Shit. So two stars. Yeah. And if we great. think of Harry Chess, four three stars. <laughs> and also, if you want to write in a pitch for a reinvention of Automata Pier or Maxi Zeus, I would absolutely love <laughs> to read your fanfic so recommendations i'll go first because it was spoiled by myself <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna recommend the i actually have two short recommendations so fuck one you, per customer ryan fuck you i'm taking two one is arkham asylum serious house on serious earth and the reason why i recommend that is the art is amazing it's dave mckean who did all sandman covers and it's written by grant morrison but the main reason why i wanted to recommend it is because that does Maxie zeus Maxi Seuss, yeah. But it also does a very sexual Joker way better than this. Joker slaps Batman's ass and stuff. And there was actually, it was supposed to be way more sexual. He was supposed to be a crossdresser who was much more, like, sexually attracted to Batman. But they stopped it because Jack Nicholson didn't want people to think he was gay when he played him in the movie, <laughs> which was about to come out. So they made him tone it down a lot. Which is just fascinating to me. That Jack Nicholson's insecure? No, that's, well, yeah, that, and also that he has that much pull. <laughs> Cancel that comic, I'm not gay! Yeah, like, what a weird thing, so, um, you know, and the, the trade actually has, like, Grant Morrison's original scripts, and they talk a lot about his initial ideas and stuff, and I would definitely recommend see, seeing his whole process that went into that book, because it's fascinating.
2: I would recommend that story, too, it's one of my favorite Grant Morrison stories as well
0: yeah definitely and second just really quick if you want to watch a much better interpretation of the batman joker and the joker the why batman can't kill the joker and why that can be a load of bullshit watch the under the red hood movie because the book is also great but the movie is super accessible and cuts out all like the comics lol stuff and is one of my favorite batman things so everyone should watch that movie cool so who wants to go next? I'll go next because I already gave mine, basically. Uh, Batman Going
2: Sane by, uh, written by Jim Divitales And the artist is Joe Statton. Uh, oh, yes. Joe Statton and Steve Mitchell. So those two, those those guys create a very good story. And it not only does it tell a good story of Joker going sane really well, but also has contrast to Batman because while Joker is going sane, Batman, in this fight against Joker, is slowly losing his mind, too. And in the story he has to rediscover like what was keeping him driven this entire time so it's, it's like a it's like a very nuanced view in both characters like the story is actually about their relationship and stuff and not just having it tacked on at the end like this story
0: if you're a D. Mateus fan you know how fucking flawlessly he does these like introspective nuanced character stories yeah he's the best
1: i agree sounds That's interesting too. so for my non-comic recommendation i was focusing a lot more on the like the one thing this book tried to do, which was the whole argument... Of the Greek the, racism? Yeah, <laughs> the Greek racism. So, watch my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> no. Uh, on the whole theme of, like, is it okay to kill killers type, that, that whole thing, um, I would recommend the anime Death Note. If you want to see the idea of... Basically, the premise of this show is that this kid finds a book where he can kill anyone he wants by writing their name in it. And right from the beginning, he says, well, I'm going to fix the world and I'm going to kill killers. I'm going to kill criminals and it actually does have this kind of like the the antagonist is like a batman type character who's trying to find him but the whole the whole the show grapples with that idea of is is the utilitarian argument better than the like kantian argument of killing is wrong or is it okay to kill people to make a better world and that show does that idea like a million times better than this comic does
2: yeah i'm not a big uh, anime watcher i've only watched a few But Death does one of my favorite animes of all time. It's really good. That's awesome. So, that's our episode. Yep.
0: (laughs) That's it. So, for divisive issues, I've been Ryan.
1: I've been Sly. And I'm still Phil.
0: Thanks for listening. Stay in continuity. (laughs) Baba Bowie. Baba Bowie. Baba Bowie.